All right, guys. Well, hey, listen, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here. Are you excited to be at church today? I hope you are. I hope you are. I know that God wants to do something great in your heart. I want to say hello to everyone worshiping with us in North Platte as well as down in the venue. Everybody just watch this video. You just need to know this video was recorded while my wife and I were on vacation in Russia. See, this topic today called pioneering fits me to the core. Uh, it's going to be dealing with doing the things that others don't want to do are unwilling to do and going places that maybe no one has gone before. I guarantee you that if I asked and I surveyed the church right now, how many people have vacationed in Russia? The hands would probably be pretty small. In fact, if I asked how many people have actually been to Russia, the hands would be pretty small. And so that's actually one of the reasons why I went was because I was in that part of the world and I thought, I want, I want to be a guy who has put his two feet in the country of Russia and take in this experience of Moscow and St. Petersburg. I will say this though, here's, here's the real mystery behind the video, okay? My wife was the one who was running the video camera and I think she did a fantastic job. Come on. You guys, you have no idea how hard it is to hold a camera still without a tripod because we did not bring one. So sweat is coming off of her forehead and I'm looking down at her while she's sitting there holding the camera and she's trying not to shake it, right? Uh, Man, you did a great job, honey. Thank you so much. Uh, So that was a lot of fun on our vacation to be able to record one of those those videos. Christ the Savior Cathedral, um, Greek Orthodox Church. It, uh, It has one of the most incredible murals of the clear presentation of the gospel in art form than I've ever seen in any uh, Greek Orthodox church or a basilica or anything else that might be around. It is, it is by far the, the most clear message. And here's, here's the unique piece about it. it. Because it was torn down, everything's brand new again. And so uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting thing. But talking about pioneering today, pioneering is the aspect of, of, that involves taking the message of Jesus Christ where it's never been before, right? Or taking it back to a place that maybe it used to be. So uh, I can't talk about pioneering without talking about the issue of the pioneers in Nebraska, right? I mean, how many of you guys can, you know that the lineage of your family goes back to pioneers that actually came here to Nebraska? Is anybody? Is anybody? All right, we have a few that are here in the main, maybe out in North Platte and the, and the venue. Uh, there might be some. I mean, it's just amazing to me. Let me give you a, a quick history journey about pioneers in Nebraska. There will be no pop quiz at the end, all right? So no need to take notes. But in the beginning of the 1800s, the first pioneers started making their way to the eastern border of Nebraska, which was not called Nebraska at the time. And they started out being fur traders. Our, our first missionaries to the state of Nebraska are recorded to have shown up in 1830. And they started showing up presenting the good news of Jesus Christ to all that would listen to the indigenous people that were here and to those that were starting to make their way. Now listen to this. In May, in May 30, on, on the 30th of May in 1854, the president, Franklin Pierce, Uh, He created Nebraska then to be a territory. Now, when that happened, it allowed then the pioneers to become settlers. So they were actually able to start saying, this is my home. I'm putting down my roots. I'm going to start, you know, even working and claiming some land and start utilizing it if I can, if that's possible. During that time, thousands of people came by in their covered wagons as they were heading to the west to California and to Oregon. And some of them got stuck in Nebraska. In more ways than one, right? 
you know, the wagon breaks down. Well, I guess this is home. Um, or maybe they found some place to belong, or they started a small business. They, were, they, they actually had stations, kind of like truck stops, all along the trail where wagoneers would stop and they would get resupplied or they would fix things or things like that would happen. And so people stayed. But what really revolutionized the pioneer movement in our state was when the Homestead Act took place on May 20th of 1862. Now, when that happened, that caused a lot of people to move here because then a family was able to actually acquire 160 acres of land. Check this out. 160 acres of land, and all they had to do was two things. They had to live on it for five years, and they had to pay a whopping $10 fee to the government for 160 acres. I just heard in between the services, so I haven't been able to validate this myself personally, but it came from a trusted source, that a lot of those who acquired those homesteads at the time, um, they were unable to keep them. You know, they, they just weren't able to maintain it in one way or the other, and they were lost. But here in Buffalo County, we had the highest percentage of people that were able to get a homestead and keep it. You know what that says about us? We're tough people. We are tough people right here. Come on, give it up for yourself. Yeah. And, you're, and those who went before you. Tough people. I saw pictures. You know how they used to live back then? There was a lot of people that lived back then where they would literally come to the side of, you know, one of a little mound, and they would dig out into the mound an area to live, and they would just put a roof over it. I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal, like living in caves. It was tough scenarios. They were, they were very much like the show that would come decades later, right, about the Star Trek. You guys ever remember Star Trek, the original series? Boldly going where no man has ever gone before, right? Is it, right, I mean, seriously, you guys remember that show? Who, who would admit to the fact that they actually watched it? Come on, please, let me see. Give me bold today. All right. Have you guys watched it lately? Have you, did you realize how much time we wasted when we watched that show? How fake those costumes were and the doors that closed. You could tell they're cardboard now. I mean, they seem so real, like that spaceship could really go someplace. And as a kid, I just wanted to be that kind of pioneer, right? That would boldly go where no man has gone before. Well, you need to know today, pioneers are still needed. We live in Nebraska. We have 1.8 million people in Nebraska. Recently, a survey was done that shows that 28% of Nebraskans are, are willing to boldly proclaim that they are evangelical Christians. That means that about one in every four people that you pass by in a store or on the street, they actually believe in a similar fashion Christ as you do. And that means that there's 72% of our state that may or may not believe that Jesus is God, and they, they definitely probably don't end up with a personal relationship with God that's radically transforming their life every single day inside and out. Now, we can be a people that just say this, hey, 28%, one out of every four, hey, that's awesome, high five each other, wow, we're doing pretty good. Or, or you turn around and you say, okay, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. In fact, Three out of every four don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. There's something I need to be doing about that. So I don't know where you fall. You might fall in the 28% is good, but I'm hoping today I might be able to inspire you to think about the other three-fourths, the other 72% that are still in need of Jesus. And so I would say this to you, that the current way that the church is right now evangelizing Nebraska, something's got to change. Is your focus right here? Because there's a lot of movement going on. And so I would just ask our ushers to try to help me with that, all right? Um, your focus right here, right now. 
Because this is life-changing. This is life-altering for all of us that are hearing this right now. Right now, what we need to know is that what's happening in the church of Jesus Christ is not winning the 100%. We've settled somewhere around the 25%. But Jesus, Jesus died on the cross for the 100%. And so for us today, we have to be honest about that and say, we, there's going to have to be pioneers that are willing to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel like Joe Gordon, who was here last week, which I hope you guys heard him. If you were not here, please go to mynewlifechurch.com and listen to his message. But I am going to say this to you. There's pioneers that are needed to take the gospel message back into rural communities of Nebraska where like the dust storms, the dust bowls of old are, are, are wrapping up churches and blowing them off into the wilderness. Churches are closing left and right in rural Nebraska. And God placed us right here. And this is rural Nebraska. It might not be the smallest of the rules, but it's still rural Nebraska. And God's given us some amazing, incredible tools, resources, a church, and people to do something about it. That's what I love. It used to be that circuit riding pastors would go around and preach at three, four, five, six different churches. And now today, guess what we use? <laughs> we use the internet and we use video to make it happen. And now we're doing that out in North Platte. And we're only two years old in North Platte and there's, we're already seeing you know, 200 people come on a weekly basis. And people are getting saved, and they're getting baptized, and they're getting plugged in the ministry, and incredible things are happening. Well, guess what? There's other rural hubs that are in Nebraska that are in need of Carney New Life. Carney New Life and North Platte New Life to join together and go plant more churches in rural hubs as God would allow us to. And the pioneering heart that's inside of us is going to be what comes out of us to go plant more healthy, life-giving, thriving churches around the world. But that's what we're going to do together. God, God's still looking for Christ-centered pioneers that would just be people that would have a heart that would be willing to spread the gospel right where they live. We have to get back to what the early church did in pioneering the gospel. These guys didn't pioneer the gospel and go to the ends of the earth for the tourism of it or the adventure of it or the travel of it. They just did it out of sheer obedience and complete surrender to Jesus. They literally said, with this kind of attitude is the way that they went, I will go where you want me to go, Lord, and I will do what you want me to do. And I would say to you today, God is still looking for, for Christ followers who are willing to be pioneers that would go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. Similar to like Kim and I in 1994 when we launched into full-time ministry. At that time, we didn't have anything, and no church was planning to pay us a single dime but we went anyways. We took our four kids and we launched into full-time ministry knowing that we were going to commit our lives to it and that God was going to provide. It's amazing to me that when we take the pioneering attitude and we step out into the unknown, the miraculous takes place. See, many of you have situations in your life where you're waiting for the miraculous to happen and God's waiting for the pioneer spirit in you to step out and just do what God's asked us to do. And if you, it, it, when we step out and we become the pioneer, it's amazing how the miraculous just starts to follow behind it. The Apostle Paul saw this all the time in his life. In fact, I would say that he is the perfect example of a person who had a pioneering spirit. Paul, the Apostle Paul, his leadership, it spread the gospel of Jesus Christ quicker and faster than anyone else in his day and in his age. At his moment on this earth, he did incredible things. He took multiple missionary journeys. In fact, today, as we talk about pioneering, I want to land us in Scripture right smack in the middle of Paul's second 
second um, missionary journey that he was taking and spreading the gospel through the known world, this pioneering spirit that was taking him to places that he maybe had never been before and to do things he had never done before so that you and me might be able to learn some lessons of what it means to be a pioneer of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our day and our age. Take a look at Acts chapter 16. Now, pay attention as we read this, all right? It says that next, Paul and Silas, they traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had what? What did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit just always opens the doors, doesn't he? He just always opens the doors. You're like, you knock on the door, the Holy Spirit opens the door. No, the Holy Spirit also closes doors. So he prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Take a look at what continues. All right, so then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, did not allow them to go there. It's very interesting. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport or to the town of Taurus, right? That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Now to help you maybe get a grip of what this journey really looked like, take, take a look at this map. This is a map of, um, you know, down, down here, you can see is Jerusalem all the way at the very bottom. I hope you can see that yet. Um, so this is, this is modern day Turkey. Here's Syria. Over here, over here is Greece, all right? There's Athens. Just to kind of get your, your bearings if geography isn't, you know, necessarily something that you're, um, you're all keyed up on. This passage of scripture that we're reading, it takes place as Paul and his crew are leaving Iconium. As he's leaving there is when he picks up another guy that some of you might be familiar with, Timothy. He finds Timothy here um, in Lystria, and he finds him, and he takes them, and the crew now starts making their way. And it says that they were in Asia, but God would not let them share the gospel. It's like they were passing through this region, but God would not let them share the gospel. So what do they do? They, Paul decides, oh, let's head north to you know, Bithynia. Maybe that's where we're supposed to go, but God closes the door there. And so what does Paul do? He turns to the west, and he heads right over through Mycenae, over here to Taurus, the, the town. And he's not able to present the gospel there either. In fact, it's there that he has a vision that takes him across the Aegean Sea over to Philippi. And then in Philippi, this is, this is where some amazing things happen. Like, you know, the missionary who follows God, and God just blesses him and does all kinds of incredible things. That's not what happens to him. In fact, he gets thrown in jail in Philippi, and then a miraculous miracle takes place, and then the jailer comes to know Jesus, and all kinds of amazing things happen. And Paul goes on then, and he comes over here to Thessalonica, and you know, he's just, he's just got a, a role here, hasn't he? He's got the door closed on him multiple times, and then he finally gets there, and then he gets thrown in jail, only to show up in Thessalonica to start sharing the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and to have a bunch of brothers turn against him, so much so that they, they, they sneak him out of town, and so he heads over to Berea. Are you getting the picture here? When he's in Berea, the Thessalonians hear that he's there, and so they come over to give him more trouble, so they take him down, put him on a boat, and send him to Athens. If that happened to you and me, we may just give up. We may just walk away. We, we may just go, this whole pioneering thing of taking the gospel to places that I've never been before, 
that's just a little too much. It's too much inconsistency. It's too much uncertainty. It's too much trouble. But yet, as a Christian, God's called us to have a pioneering spirit, to take the gospel of Jesus to people that don't have it right now. So what can we learn from Paul? Lesson number one. Pioneering is more about going and doing than a defined destination and a clear ending. Pioneering is just simply more about the obedience. God, I will be who you called me to be, and I will go, and I will share the good news. And I'm going to trust along the way that you're going to lead me. So what was so significant for Paul, knowing that he didn't know the ultimate destination, but he was a man who was willing to go and do? That means that as a pioneer, you and me, we have to live our lives daily with our ears tuned, asking God, what do you want of this day? See, if you're going to be a pioneer for the gospel of Jesus Christ, instead of just walking on the trails of other people that have come before you, if you're going to go blaze a trail, then you better be someone spiritually that says every day, God, today, this is your day. Today, this is, this is your day. Lead me. Guide me. This is your meeting today. This is your minute right now. Um, this, is, this is your task that's before me right now. It, it is yours Right, And you keep coming back to him over and over and over again, confessing to him, this is yours. It belongs to you. Show me, teach me your way. That's what causes Paul to not give up as a leader. Because I'm telling you, as a leader, when you're leading a group, and he had Silas with him, he had Timothy with him, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and Luke starts using the word we. So Luke was possibly there. Who knows how large the, the, the group was that was following him? Can you imagine what it was like when Paul's walking and, and and, uh, he's going, guys, we're going to go to Asia. And they walk for a couple days and maybe up and over a mountain pass only to turn around and tell his group, guys, I'm so sorry. We have to turn around and go back. This is not where God wants us. Okay, well, people will follow someone if they make the mistake once. But then Paul starts leading them up to, to you know, Bithynia. And all of a sudden, he has to say to them, guys, I know we've walked for a couple of days, but we're going to have to turn around. This is not where God wants us. It's difficult. It's difficult as a leader to be able to admit the fact that, hey, we were going this direction, but this is not where God wants us, but we are not giving up. We're not going to give up. We might not know the total outcome, but we're going to keep doing what Jesus called us to do and keep going where Jesus leads us to go. That's the same way for us as a church. You know, we want to plant churches, so we planted North Platte. Well, we've tried to knock on the door of some other places to plant churches in other rural communities, only to have the door closed. Guess what we're doing? We're packing up our bags and we're quitting the church planting effort. Of course not. No, we're going, God, you closed that door. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to keep looking for other doors. It's kind of like Paul. We went one way, the door gets closed. All right, we'll go another way. And if the door gets closed five times, guess what we're going to do? We're going to keep looking for the open door. He closes the door to the east, we'll look to the west. He closes the door to the north, we'll look to the south. You might think, well, now you're out of directions. Now what do you do? If he closes the door to north-northeast, then we go south-southwest. That's what we do, right? We just don't give up. We just keep moving forward. Why? Because we know God has called us to that. We know the heart of God. The heart of God is that every day we have is a day that he is sparing humanity so that the pioneering spirit inside of us can go out into the world and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with more. Amen? I know that that was Paul's heart. 
Paul had to be anguished that he couldn't present the gospel in some of these places. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is what Paul says about himself. He says, yet preaching the good news is not something that I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. How terrible. So he's got this anguish that he wants to, but he keeps having the door closed on him. So when you live by the spirit of a pioneer, you have to realize that you can't know everything about the journey or the destination. But please listen to this, all right? Pioneering, spiritual pioneering requires the knowledge of God's ability. I mean, the knowledge of God's ability that anything is possible with God and the flexibility of not knowing the entire plan. It requires both. It's both and. Let me give you an example of, of how it doesn't work sometimes. Like, have you ever seen those big bodybuilder muscle guys, kind of like this guy? Don't you think, I mean, some of you are kind of like, dude, that's what I'm going to the gym to look like, right? And others of you are completely disgusted by this, so we're going to leave it up long enough to motivate some and not long enough to disgust all of you, okay? Um, shouldn't there be like a blast radius around a guy like this? Like, could he not just like, boom, just like blow up? It's amazing to me. But when you get big, when you get really big, like a lot of muscle starts packing on your body and your bicep is like up to here and your forearm can't pass it, there's certain flexibility pieces that start going away. Like, I don't know if it happens necessarily, but I can almost see it. Like I've built so much muscle, I I can't even like now shampoo my own hair, right? Could, Could you... Could you see that happening? I've built so much muscle, I I can't even reach certain things. I can't do certain things. So you can become strong and lose flexibility. You can become very knowledgeable in God's ability, but if you have no flexibility to go act on it, faith is dead. You can become really strong. People think that that's maturity in Christ. I would say to you, maturity in Christ is the right right amount of muscle with the right amount of flexibility. The right amount of knowledge of God with the right amount of faith that takes the risk and steps out in the unknown and goes places that others won't go. It's not just about walking around going, I'm spiritually knowledgeable and strong. I've been in this church for 30 years. God bless me. Because that's kind of how it sounds. God bless me. Instead of, God bless you. You're right, you see what I'm saying? I mean, we can, we can get that way, but guys, that's not what God's asking us to do. God's asking us to grow, grow very confident in our knowledge of what he can do, but yet put into action the flexibility of saying, God, I will go even though I don't know the total outcome. I'm just going to say, that's hard for Americans. And that's especially hard for us as conservatives living in the middle of, of Nebraska, Because our pioneers before us have kind of established the spirit for us. But you guys need to know that when the pioneers first came here, they didn't necessarily know where they were going to land. They didn't know everything of the outcome. They didn't know the full price that was going to be paid, but they came and they did it anyways. It's the same thing today. We have to know without a shadow of a doubt that God's for us and he's not against us. We have to know that God has all the resources in heaven Right? He's got all the resources to accomplish his vision. What God's looking for is, is obedience to him that just says, I will go where you want me to go, and I will do what you want me to do. So if you want to practice this kind of a pioneering spirit, you need to know this. Pioneers, they take action on godly principles more than on man's plans. 
And many of us have it just the reversed. God, I will act with godly principles if I can figure out the plan. Instead of, I will act on godly principles and I will trust you to help us to develop the plan. Big, slight difference, big, massive difference in the outcome. And it all comes back to a pioneering spirit acts on godly principles instead of just man's plans. Pioneers, they've forfeited the right to give up. If you are a Christ follower, then we've forfeited the right to give up. Man, if Paul would have ran into these moments, he could have easily given up. But he didn't. Thank the Lord that he didn't give up. Because we, we are now encouraged by the model of his life. I'm so thankful for the pioneers of new life who didn't give up back in the early days. When they met in a tent and then they moved into a building and then the pioneers that had the vision to build this. And we're building on top of that. And then we, then we go and we blaze a trail where they never went before. Guess what? The pioneers of old, that's what they want us to do. They want us to not just stop where their trail stopped. They want us to, to go to that trail and look beyond it and say, where can we go from here? And then go and keep running. But that's the attitude. A pioneer forfeits the right to give up. Pioneers, they keep their ear towards God's spirit for course corrections. They realize they are not the compass. The Holy Spirit is the compass. So daily, minute by minute, moment by moment, is this where you want me to be? Is this what you, oh man, I said something you didn't want me to say. I'm backtracking. I went someplace you didn't want me to go. I made a decision you didn't want me to do. I'm backtracking. Very humble in their attitude to come back. See, I want our church to be guilty of sharing the good news of Jesus in everything that we do. I don't want us to be guilty of just being a church that had a good plan. You need to know that in sharing Jesus in everything that we do, it gets messy. It gets messy sometimes. Right? I mean, sometimes it stretches us beyond our limits. Sometimes it pushes us. When I say I want a church that way, I'm talking about you as people. It's going to get messy. We're going to bring people into the church that they don't think like us, and they don't act like us, and... They don't look like us. That's what God wants us to do. The church, the church 10 years, five years from now may not function exactly the same way. It might look radically different. There may not be anybody preaching on this stage. This might be a video venue. I have no idea. But we have to be okay with the outcome. If we trust God at the beginning, we keep following him. We keep seeing the fruit of the ministry. We keep walking in line with God. The second thing that I want us to take away from this is that pioneering, it will challenge your comfort. See, Paul wasn't afforded the same comfort that I am today as your pastor. Most nights, I get to spend the night in my own home, in my own bed. That was not Paul's. You know, Paul also, he he came to this place where he said, I've given up my rights to say that this is enough. Like in his comfort level and what he had to sacrifice, he, he gave up his right to go, okay, God, that's enough. Draw the line in the sand. This is as much as I'm willing to give. This is as much as I'm willing to sacrifice. He gave up that right. See, that's what a pioneer does. The pioneer heart gives up the right to say to God, this is enough. They're constantly going, God, what else do you need? What else do you want? Where else can I serve? How can I be a part of what you're doing? Paul, he kept moving the message of Jesus Christ forward, advancing the gospel to places that obviously it had never been before. Paul was the perfect example of what Jesus was saying in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I want you to look at it maybe differently than you ever have before. 
says that Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, my pioneers in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Jesus said to this group of people, you are are becoming pioneers. Why? Because my spirit is coming to live inside of you. So what does that mean? That means if you are born again and the spirit of God lives inside of you, if you have given your life to Jesus and he's your Lord and leader and the spirit of God lives inside of you, you are a pioneer. Now we just need to act like one. Now we just need to have the courage to be one. Now we just need to link arms together and go, let's do things that reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ that no one else is doing. Let's be a church that dreams about going places to spread the good news of Jesus Christ where no one else wants to go. Let's have more of that Paul pioneering kind of spirit inside of us. See, Christians are expected to be pioneers of the gospel without regard to our comfort. Christians, we are called to advance the message of Jesus, not just to consume it. Not just to be consumers today, but to be but to be people that are advancing it. Jesus said this about that topic in Matthew 11. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the forceful men lay hold of it. Forceful men and women, those who the pioneer spirit that just go, I'm gonna grab hold of God's promises and principles and I'm gonna move forward regardless of what I'm facing today, regardless of what a government would say, regardless of what a, you know, a populace you know, would have as their, their own perceived you know, concept of what Christianity should be, regardless of what you know, some militant group is doing, regardless of that, we might give to go, we might go ourselves, but we're going to be people that advance the gospel, we're gonna grab a hold hold of it and we're going to move it forward in our day while we still have breath see many women who who surrendered their life who surrendered their life you know from personal comfort are the ones who are advancing the gospel and men and women who have surrendered their anonymity are the ones who are advancing the gospel what do i mean by that those who are willing to come out and say i am a christ follower some of you guys that's the first pioneering step you need to take is you need to let your family know you've committed your life to Jesus. For some of you, your first pioneering step needs to be standing up in front of um, you know, your coworkers in one way or the other and letting them know you're a Christ follower. It could be in your actions, your deeds, and your words. I, I, I have no idea what that is, but I'm just saying to you that for some of us, that's the first step that we need to make, is to come out of the anonymity and step out into the populace and say, I am a Christ follower. Men and women who are living to see others know Jesus. Those are the ones advancing the gospel. And it reminds me a lot of those early missionaries at the, at the turn of the century of the late 1800s, early 1900s, who were, who were literally called the one-way missionaries. I've told you about this before, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you the whole story. But at that time period, there was this movement of people that just said, you know, I'm willing to give everything to go advance the gospel. I will pioneer the gospel wherever God wants me to go. So much so that I will pack up my few belongings into a coffin and I will go down to the shipyard and I'll buy a one-way ticket to whatever country it is and that's where I'm going to go present the gospel. No matter what happens, that's where we're going, right? And I don't plan on coming back until they ship me back in this coffin. That's a pretty bold pioneering attitude. But in some ways, God's looking for that in our own lives today. Right? Where we pack up the car, we drive to the work, And it's like, God, 
I'm going to do anything and everything you ask me to do today. God, I'm going to pack up the kids. We're going to go. We're going to go do this little retreat, and I'm going to do anything that you ask me to do today. I'm not going to worry about the outcome. The outcome is going to be what the outcome will be. I'm going to be the person that does what you ask me to do today. So if you want to be a pioneer of the gospel, here's a few things that you want to consider. One, one is this. Change your view of church to what you can give versus what you can take. If you want to be a pioneer of the gospel, it's not about coming here and consuming week after week. It's about coming to give. How can I give Jesus away to others? See, that's the same way it is out in the world. Now, I know that some of you are early on in your spiritual journey. When you're, at, when you're early on in your spiritual journey, I'm just going to tell you, you need to have the license of take, all right? You need to know that. Because right now, it's about gathering everything you can. Spiritual maturity is obviously not sitting in these seats, just keep taking. Spiritual maturity is when you flip the switch and you start being a giver. When you start giving away, that means like when you walk in here, it's about who can I pray with, who can I encourage, who can I build up, all right? It's about giving myself away, even to God. So that's one. If you want to be a pioneer of the gospel, put yourself in ministries that stretch you. Don't just keep going to the comfortable things. Don't just keep doing maybe the same thing over and over again. Stretch yourself, right? Don't get into a rut. Keep stretching yourself. It will help you keep building that pioneering spirit of being, having the kind of faith that says, God, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. Here's another one. Pray to God and ask him to scare you with a vision that's much larger than you. That will stretch the pioneering heart in you. If you come before God and say, God, you know, what is it that you see for my life? Scare me with a vision that's so big that requires me to be a pioneer because I can't make it happen on my own. And here would be the last thing I'd ask you to do if you want to be a pioneer of the gospel. Stop thinking, what if we fail? And start thinking, what if we succeed? A lot of people think, what if we fail? <laughs> if that was our attitude, we wouldn't be sitting in this building today. If that was our attitude, North Platte wouldn't even exist today. If our attitude was more about what if we fail, man, we would be a minuscule group of people making zero impact. But when you, when you flip that switch and you start looking and you start asking the question, what if we succeed? What happens to North Platte? Hundreds, maybe thousands of people get to know Jesus? Let's go do it. When the next opportunity comes, and it's a town of 9,000, 12,000. We have an opportunity to plant a church. What if we succeed? A whole town could be one to Jesus. What if I go into my workplace and I literally let people know? I pull back the veil and they finally find out I'm a Christ follower and I go to new life. What might happen? A Bible study might break out. What happens? I don't know. What happens if you tell your neighbor about Jesus where you haven't talked to him ever? It, it could change your whole neighborhood. See, if we start thinking, what if we succeed? There's something motivating inside of us that starts rising up and it starts increasing faith and it starts to cause me to go, I want to be a pioneer that steps out and sees God do amazing things. Amen? So now it's time to take action. The only person keeping you from being a pioneer is you. The pioneers of old, these guys were contagious. How do you think Nebraska grew to over a million people in such a short period of time? Because the pioneers that were here were writing letters back to the east, encouraging their friends in the east to come. And those letters were making their way all the way over to Europe, and they were inviting people to come. 
The pioneers of old were contagious enough to get people to move out to the prairies. I think the pioneers of today, the Christ-centered pioneers, can be equally contagious in the way that they live their life, you know, the words that they speak, the example that they live, that just might see another revolution of Christ-centered followers happening all across our state, starting right in Kearney, right in North Platte. Pioneers are contagious. Let's live our lives contagious with Jesus. And let's not keep him to ourselves. Let's figure out how much we can give away. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. So, Father, we thank you that, Lord, you're the one through Christ that pioneered a relationship with us. You made a way where there was no way. You, you established relationship where before we were just doomed to spend eternity away from you. And then, Lord, you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can go to the ends of the earth and share the good news of Jesus. Or we can go back to places like some towns in Nebraska that have the gospel message is drying up and it's going away, but yet you, you might send us back. Or like missionaries like Nick Puccini out in Estonia with 1% or less of Christ followers. You're sending missionaries back to places where it's all dried up like a pioneer. Lord, I pray you would use this church in a powerful way. I pray you would use these individuals in powerful ways right where they live. But Lord, to do that, we're going to have to come to a point where we just finally say, God, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that's going to hold me back. I'm not going to let my failures hold me back. I'm not going to let my inconsistencies hold me back. I'm not going to let my current situation hold me back. I will be a missionary right where I live right now. I'll do what you ask me to do and go where you want me to go. I will share Jesus with hope wherever I get the opportunity. I'm opening up my life to you, Lord, and I'm saying everything that I am is a resource to the King of kings and the Lord of lords to be used in your hands for your glory and for your mission. So, Lord, will you speak to this church? Speak a word powerfully to their hearts and call us out from the known into the unknown so that your kingdom might advance in our day. In Jesus' name, amen.